Welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. It is the third Sunday of Pentecost, and you will hear Father Joe Hudson speak on Galatians 5, 1 and 13 to 25. As you listen, see if you can answer these questions. The questions, 1. What is the origin of Freedom Day or Juneteenth? 2. How does St. Paul describe freedom and its abuses? And 3. Where do we see bonds in those around us? Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Freedom. When we often hear that word, we may think of the 4th of July and America's freedom from British tyranny those 200-odd years ago. But what does freedom mean to you and me as followers of Jesus Christ? There's an old African-American spiritual that speaks of freedom. Go down, Moses, way down to Egypt's land, and tell King Pharaoh to let my people go. Oh, let my people go. If not, I'll smite your firstborn dead. Then let my people go. No more shall they in bondage toil. Oh, let my people go. Let them come out with Egypt's spoil. Oh, let my people go. Oh, go down, Moses, away down to Egypt's land, and tell King Pharaoh to let my people go. This song was written in 1861 and was entitled The Song of the Contrabands, Oh, Let My People Go. It was sung in many black churches in the South. Well, two years after it was written, As our nation was approaching its third year of bloody civil war, President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation on January 1st, 1863. The proclamation declared that all persons held as slaves within the rebellious states are and henceforth shall be free. But that proclamation did not guarantee freedom. Two long years after its signing, many men, women, and children of African descent still were not free. It took the arrival of federal troops on the shores of Galveston, Texas on June 19, 1865, to finally provide the muscle needed to enforce the freedom of slaves. That day, June 19th, became a federal holiday one year ago. It is known as Juneteenth, or Emancipation Day, or Jubilee Day, or Freedom Day. And yet it is a sad fact that although federal troops enforced the freedom of African Americans 157 years ago, 
Many United States citizens of color still today do not experience the degree of equality and freedom and access and rights as some other Americans. But this disparity in the experience of freedom is not just a racial and societal phenomenon. You see, emotionally, psychologically, and for our purposes today, even spiritually, many people are not experiencing full freedom, even us religious-type people. Today's epistle reading speaks to this reality. The first verse in Galatians chapter 5 reads, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. I kind of like the way the Message Bible translates this verse. It says, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. The Apostle Paul begins this passage by talking about the freedom that we find in Christ. And then he goes on to discuss two extreme abuses of that freedom, where people either use freedom as a license to do whatever they want to do to whomever they want to do whenever they want to do, or the opposite, being in bondage to some form of legalism. And then after discussing these two extremes, Paul wraps up by giving some specific examples of what these abuses of freedom looks like. Well, to understand what the Apostle Paul was dealing with 2,000 years ago, we need to remember that in first century Palestine, all of Jesus' initial disciples were fully indoctrinated, faithful, religious Jews. After spending three years being stretched by Jesus, some of their religious views had radically shifted, but they were still religiously practicing Jews. Their natural meeting place was on the temple grounds or within the synagogue. But as the faith grew, it reached a Jewish Pharisee named Saul, who became known as Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles. <clears throat> and as he spread the teaching of Jesus beyond Jerusalem and the Jewish territories, many non-Jews started believing. And many of these Gentiles knew absolutely nothing about the Jewish religion, this religion that had been the staple of life for all the first followers of Jesus. So consequently, the first significant issue that had to be dealt with was what the Gentile believer's relationship would be to Judaism. What Jewish beliefs and practices would be required of these Gentile followers of Jesus. Let me again read this first verse in Galatians 5. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Paul, you see, needed to say this because there were many very well-intentioned, fully indoctrinated Jewish believers who were, in reality, putting a harness of slavery on their Gentile brothers and sisters in Christ. All these Jewish believers were pressuring their Gentile brothers and sisters to become more Jewish, 
to follow the law of Moses. So Paul needed to remind these Gentiles that they should stand firm in their freedom in Christ, that they were never again to let anyone put a harness on them, to enslave them in any way, even the way of the law of Moses. The Apostle Paul knew human nature well. He knew that after speaking of our freedom in Christ, he knew that believers would be tempted to either one extreme or another, to either abuse their newfound freedom by indulging the desires of the flesh or, on the other hand, of the other end of the pendulum, to return to some form of legalistic religious bondage. So how was Paul going to address this challenge? In this passage, he spoke about not living according to the flesh, but instead to live according to the Spirit. In verses 16 and 18, he said, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And then he spoke about being directed by the Spirit. You see, Paul was saying that the Holy Spirit should be our guide in finding out our appropriate freedom in Christ. In other words, we should not yield, on the one hand, to the pressures of our human flesh, nor, on the other hand, to the pressures exerted on us by others to behave in specific ways or to believe in certain ways, but instead to evaluate everything through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. It was only after speaking about being directed by the Spirit of God that Paul then turned to address some specific behaviors that were evidence of a fleshly life and behaviors that were evidence of being guided by the Spirit. Here's what he said. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature of the flesh, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I find it interesting that Paul held off mentioning specific behaviors of the flesh and of the spirit until the very end of this passage. So why do you think he did that? There was a reason. It was because Paul knew that if he started with a discussion of his list of Christian do's and don'ts, that believers would have been guided more by Paul's religious directives than by the leading of the Spirit of God. And Paul wanted them to listen more to the Spirit's directives than to his words. Paul didn't want to simply make good, obedient, religious people who were behaving in certain right ways just because that is what Paul told them to do. Paul wanted them to listen more to what God was saying in their lives, to follow that divine leading Only in that way would they be truly free in Christ. You see, Jesus himself set the perfect example. He had found his freedom in his relationship with his Father God. And it was because of that freedom 
that he was able to do what was previously unthinkable even for him to do as a devout religious Jew, to eat with tax collectors and sinners, to love his enemies, and to heal individuals on the Sabbath. So my question to you is, are you living in the freedom that has been provided you in Christ? Or is there a yoke of slavery, maybe, around your neck? A good gauge is to look within yourself and to ask, am I experiencing love and joy and peace and freedom in my life with Jesus Christ? Or, if I was honest, do I find myself at times bound up in fear of falling short or wrapped up in shame and guilt in my religious life? Let me encourage you to not let anyone, family member, neighbor, brother or sister in Christ, or, yes, us clergy folks, put any harness of slavery on you that is contrary to the clear leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. Not only are you and I called to live consistently in this freedom in Christ, but we are also called to advocate for the freedom of others. Where we see family systems or religious systems or social systems or political systems that are enslaving individuals, we are called as God's free people to break the bonds that are holding them captive. Let me remind you again of the Apostle Paul's words. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Let me end with the words of that old spiritual. No more shall they in bondage toil. Oh, let my people go. Oh, let my people go. Questions 1. What is the origin of Freedom Day or Juneteenth? 2. How does St. Paul describe freedom and its abuses? And 3. Where do we see bonds in those around us?
The questions. One. What is the origin of Freedom Day or Juneteenth? Two. How does St. Paul describe freedom and its abuses? And three. Where do we see bonds in those around us?